but um, uh, there are other kinds. That may be true, <laughs> but there are other kinds of legacies uh, that we leave. Uh, and there are more lasting and more useful legacies than property and material possessions that we might well leave. Truly, the greatest of these legacies would be our Christian testimony, a life lived out in faith uh, in the Lord Jesus. We're actually looking at the legacies of faith left us by famous saints of the Old Testament age, men and women uh, that we've looked at over the last months, uh, presented in the 11th chapter of the book of Hebrews. And this evening we come to the man Joseph, uh, the most illustrious son of Jacob, the second son of Isaac, grandson of Abraham. So turn first um, in your Bible to Hebrews 11.22, and then we'll look also at a text in Genesis 50. Now, these are very brief. Uh, you may just want to listen. Uh, Hebrews 11.22, we read, By faith, Joseph, at the end of his life, made mention of the exodus of the Israelites, and gave directions concerning his bones. And then in Genesis 50, from verse 24, uh, a little more on that. And Joseph said to his brothers, I am about to die, but God will visit you and bring you up out of this land to the land that he swore to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. Then Joseph made the sons of Israel swear, saying, God will surely visit you, and you shall carry up my bones from here. So Joseph died, being 110 years old. They embalmed him, and he was put in a coffin in Egypt. Well, uh, Joseph's... Oops, I need my little clicker. Joseph uh, has a legacy, and, and he teaches us uh, a number of things um, from this text. The bones of Joseph. Um, and the first uh, is a legacy of faith that never uh, loses a sight of the future. A legacy of faith that never loses sight of the future. Come on. Okay. Yes. So, speaking first of Joseph's faith, we, we know he was a man of genuine faith. Because the Bible tells us this in the book of Hebrews. As we just read, Joseph is listed in this, uh, among the heroes of the faith. Uh, Hebrews 11, 13, and 14. Uh, these, referring to those uh, selected Old Testament saints, including Joseph, all died in faith, not having received the things promised, but having seen them and greeted them from afar, and having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. For people who speak thus make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. If they had been thinking of that land from which they had gone out, they would have had opportunity to return. But as it is, they desire a better country that is a heavenly one. Therefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared for them a city. Well, that's Joseph to a T. It seems a little mysterious, I suppose. What could Abraham and, and Isaac or Jacob or, or Joseph have possibly understood about Jesus and salvation by faith 
And the answer is, well, probably very little. But they did understand that they had found favor with God by faith. And that God had something more for them, something greater, a better country than just the land of Canaan. They couldn't see it, but they believed in it. Um, and they uh, believed in it f firmly. Um, Joseph, um, it was a statement that they made, and it was a testimony to their descendants. Now, Joseph's commands regarding um, <clears throat> the Exodus and his bones is proof uh, that his great hope was not to be found in Egypt or in the world as it, as it were. Uh, Joseph regarded himself as a soldier. He regarded himself as a man out of place. And the flame of faith had not been dimmed by all the years and all the material blessings that uh, he would have received, the preferments that he would have received as the prime minister of Egypt. You recall that Joseph was raised to a very high station in the land of Egypt. He was a man greatly honored and, and could certainly, certainly he could have been buried in a great gold sarcophagus with all the honors of the land and, and packed away into some tomb in the Valley of the Kings along with, um, along with the other pharaohs. Um, the wealth and the honors of the world uh, were known to Joseph, but his head was not, uh, and his heart was not turned by them, and, not, and didn't turn him away from faith. Uh, Matthew Henry uh, puts it very succinctly. He says, though uh, he had lived and died in Egypt, he did not live and die as an Egyptian. Joseph lived and died as a man whose eyes were set on heaven. Um, it was Joseph's faith that impelled him to, um, to leave these strange directions regarding his bones that speak to us, that remind us of, uh, 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 that our bodies and our souls will also be carried away by angels uh, to God in heaven um, through our faith in God's saving grace. Uh, faith in the work of, uh, of Christ in which Joseph was a type. Uh, Joseph's faithful request was fulfilled uh, first by Moses 150 years later during the Exodus uh, which Joseph had actually prophesied. Exodus 3.19 Moses took the bones of Joseph they were still there uh, with him for Joseph had made the sons of Israel solemnly swear saying God will surely visit you and you shall carry my bones with you from, from here. It, it was in fact um, Joshua who finally led the, uh, the, the nation into Canaan the children of of Israel uh, carried Joseph's coffin with them from place to place during all of those wilderness years uh, as a testimony to his faith and until finally they came to the land of Canaan. Now Joshua 24:32. As for the bones of Joseph, which the people of Israel had brought up from Egypt, they buried them there in Shechem. So you see how these bones are not forgotten. They, they keep coming up. Everybody knew they were supposed to keep the bones and you know, carry this miserable coffin around wherever they went. Uh, but, but you see, the, the Israelites, uh, the Hebrews is telling us here that, that Joseph's real hope was not fulfilled in Canaan, but in new Canaan, in the heavenly country where surely he now resides. And, and for you and I, 
uh, it is um, who who are also who will carry us uh, to Canaan. Uh, who is it who will usher us through uh, these long, uh, weary years of our wilderness wanderings in this life? And of course, the answer is Jesus. That's our faith and our confession. That's our trust. God will surely carry me to heaven. I'm coming, Lord. Don't leave me in Egypt. Rock my soul in the bosom of Abraham. And isn't that the legacy that we want to leave uh, for our children, and family and friends and people in church? That our hope is not in this world, not in the pleasures and the honors of this world, but in Christ and in a life of faith and worship in heaven. And God forbid that we should get so lost in the world around us that our faith might be dulled and compromised by all the glitter and the honors of Egypt, as it were, and we neglect our souls. So that in the end, uh, we leave our children nothing more than some old furniture, a few rusty old power tools in the basement and some bucks in the bank. Um, or even some magnificent house or gorgeous property on the Jersey Shore so that everyone would say, well, you know, there was nothing that Grandpa loved more than the shore. He was always there, and, and he loved this house uh, so much. Uh, will that be your legacy? Uh, an earthbound uh, vision of material pleasure. Or would you rather have them say, what Grandma loved more than anything was Jesus. She never lost sight of heaven and the spiritual realities of this life. Uh, Joseph is listed in Hebrews 11 because he never lost sight of heaven. And he reminded others of that hope, even with his last breath. Brothers, take my bones to Canaan. That's where I'm headed. And you need to follow me. So, the legacy of faith never loses sight of the future. Uh, that's the first thing. And now here's the second. A legacy of faith... Uh, never fails to speak to its heirs. Uh, notice that uh, Joseph doesn't require his family uh, to take his remains immediately to Shechem for burial, uh, as his father Jacob had done. You remember this. When Jacob was dying, he said to his sons in Genesis 49, Go bury me with my fathers in the cave that is in the field of Ephron the Hittite in the land of Canaan. And so they all went off and, and did that. But Joseph says, in effect, don't bury me anywhere for now. Simply put me in a coffin and keep me here with you as a testimony that one day we will all leave this place for Canaan, the land of milk and honey. Um, and I'm so sure of this that I will wait here with you until that day. See, that's what he was saying. That was his testimony of faith to his descendants. That was his legacy. Listen again to Joseph's dying words to his brothers. And Joseph said to his brothers, I'm about to die, but God will visit you and bring you up out of this land and land that Abraham to the land that Abraham swore to or God swore to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And Joseph made the sons of Israel swear, saying, God will surely visit you, and you shall carry up my bones from here. You see the connection between the bones and God visiting. Um, the word translated in our English version as visit, God will visit us, might also be translated as God will search you out or God will hunt you up. Uh, 
and in the original language the, in which um, this, he spoke, this is very strongly said. Literally, visiting, God will visit you. And Hebrew grammar, uh, the doubling of the verb uh, with the infinitive of the same verb is, is a very forceful way of putting something. Jesus, uh, Joseph is in effect saying, God will surely visit. Uh, and it will never forget but uh, will search you out in this place. See, there's no question in Joseph's mind about this. This was God's covenant promise to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and to him of this better country. Something bigger. Something better. And Joseph was ready to trust, trust his bones as a testimony and a witness to his descendants. Every time his relatives were losing hope, during those long years of slavery in Egypt, they could keep looking back at Joseph's coffin and say to themselves, but Joseph was so sure. He promised that God would never leave us in this dark place of slavery and forsake his covenant to his fathers. He left his bones. That was very important to them. He left his bones as proof of his faith. Do we leave uh, a legacy of proof uh, and faith uh, for, for others? Um, how do we do that? Uh, well, first and most obviously, uh, we must have uh, a faith to leave, of course. Uh, we must have come to understand that, uh, that God in time and history sent his only son, the Lord Jesus, to become our Savior from sin and that every one of us desperately needs that Christ died as a sacrifice for sins, taking our place on the cross and was raised from the grave so that we're completely forgiven and reconciled to God. We must believe that we are adopted sons and daughters of, king, uh, of the King through Jesus. And when we turn from our sins and purpose uh, to confess and follow Him, uh, and that He prepares a place for us in heaven. Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you. Uh, if uh, this is your faith, then you have a great, precious possession. And you must leave an unmistakable, visit, a visible, open record of that commitment as your legacy. Just as Joseph did his bones. A secret faith, a private faith, is uh, nothing more than a selfish faith. And no legacy at all. It might get you to heaven, but it certainly won't point anyone else there. Uh, secondly, um, the, well, let me just start again. There, there. This is a legacy, and, and these are the things that people do, um, that people must see and understand from your life. How do we leave this legacy? Uh, first, uh, people must see that you love to worship God. Um, uh, they don't have to have the elders browbeating you uh, uh, for not being at the worship services. Uh, that you would push people out of the way to get inside and sing and pray to Jesus and hear the word preached. Uh, secondly, that you, that you uh, loved other people uh, more than yourself, especially Christians, and you show it. Uh, you prove it with the way you use your time and your money. That you love to read the Word of God, the Bible, and love to hear it and love to share it. That you love to talk about the Lord. You're not ashamed to speak His name before people, not, not just Christians, but neighbors and friends and folks you meet. And you love to follow Jesus 
in obedience to his holy law as best you can. And when you fail, when you turn, that you can turn that, 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 that failure into victory by completely uh, and quickly repenting and picking yourself up and going on by the grace of God. Well, all of that is a very powerful testimony. That's part of your Christian legacy, those who do those things, loving God's worship, loving his people, loving his word, loving his witness. Um, possibly, uh, you may be tempted to look back at your legacy, your testimony, or your witness to Christ and your faith and be a little discouraged. And who of us might not be tempted to say to ourselves, well, well, what have I left uh, for anyone to be instructed or directed or encouraged by? Um, but we must always look forward and never behind. Joseph was looking forward. There's always room for improvement. There are many good deeds and expressions of faith that God has prepared in advance for us to do. Uh, Joseph was um, a great man of faith throughout his adult life. But what's referenced here uh, in these verses in Hebrews and in Genesis is what he said and did at his deathbed. Your relationship with God in Christ, your ministry to others, uh, is a ministry that will never end until you're cold and in the grave, and even then, your deeds may follow you. May God give each of us grace to live well and to die well for Jesus. Uh, we cannot fail. Uh, we cannot fail, because if we do, if we fail to leave any testimony of faith, uh, a generation will be lost and consigned uh, to judgment unless in God's mercy he rises and raises up another generation of nobler men and women who will have to labor all the harder to make up for lost time and souls. And this is, of course, what's happened in much of the world, much of Western Europe. The France, the Germany, the England, Scotland, Wales, and the Reformation, and, and many other light states are pretty spiritually dark places where missionaries from other countries, uh, especially from the East, places like Korea, um, and from African states, and places in South America, are going now as missionaries to rebuild. God is sovereign. But the damage, uh, the failure of any generation to leave a legacy of faith to its children is a terrible thing. So, uh, Joseph teaches us first that a legacy of faith never loses sight of the future. He teaches us secondly that a legacy of faith never fails to speak to its heirs. And thirdly, a legacy of faith encompasses uh, uh, difficulties, tragedies, and failures. Well, that's uh, the third point. Uh, Joseph certainly might have been discouraged at his deathbed from what he knew and what he foreknew. He appeared to be well aware that of God's prophecy to his great-grandfather found in, in Genesis 15. Um, then the Lord said to Abram, I know uh, for certain that your offspring will be sojourners in a land not their own and will be servants there and they will be afflicted for 400 years. But I will bring judgment upon the nation they serve and afterward they shall come out with great possessions. As for yourself, you shall go to your fathers in peace. You shall be buried in a good old, uh, in a good old age and they shall come back here in the fourth generation 
for the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet complete. So Joseph dies knowing that. Knowing that the, that the land uh, promised with all of its blessings and all of its redemptive import would, would not be there for, for 400 years and that, they would, that his people would be servants and slaves and suffer affliction. And, and Joseph might have feared greatly for his people and their faith and their future. In fact, we know that by the time of Moses, the faith of many had grown cold. But, but Joseph was a man of faith. And it was a faith that rested not in Israel, but in the faithfulness of the Lord and the deliverance that the Lord God would bring about at the Exodus. By faith, Joseph, at the end of his life, made mention of the Exodus of the Israelites and gave directions concerning his bones. So faith encompasses and includes the difficulties and the tragedies and the failures that we all experience. Faith rises up and presses on to establish its legacy, its critical testimony in a generation yet to come. Now, we too might wonder about the future. Uh, what if our family is decimated by rebellion and unbelief or a tragic premature death? What if our church is divided by strife or falls upon such hard times there are too few to even keep the door open? What if our nation continues to slide into such national sin and material excess that God can no longer offer anything but judgment? What will come of our legacy, our best efforts then? But we must remember that God will always save a remnant to himself. Faith always wins. God will always bless the faithful testimonies of fallen, uh, of fallen parents and far from perfect churches. Uh, he will finally never leave his people in Egypt. Moreover, doesn't our Lord delight in snatching defeat from the jaws of the devil and bringing unexpected laughter and blessing and salvation to us in the eleventh hour, in our darkest hour, and apparently our most hopeless hour, when we discover that in effect he has yet reserved for himself seven thousand who have not bowed the knee to Baal. My point being that Joseph teaches us that God's grace and God's loving purpose triumphs over all. There may be some years in Egypt for all of us, but we must persevere for the sake of the glory of God and for the sake of our, of our legacy. A.W. Pink observes that, God delays, that God's delays are not to deny our prayers or mock our hopes, but to but, uh, but quicken to call us uh, upon, to quicken us to call upon him more earnestly and fill us, and fit us rather, to receive his mercies when they are given. Now, brothers and sisters, um, surely the, um, the greatest and last uh, trial <coughs> of all is, uh, is our, in our lives is death. But I want to remind you that uh, that too can be a very great part of this legacy that you leave behind. In Pilgrim's Progress, Christian, who represents us all at various moments and experiences of life, is described as struggling in his death. If you read this, you, you know that he reaches the river and, um, and he struggles, depicted as having to cross through, uh, pass through this dark river. 
um, uh, on the other side of which is heaven and uh, or the celestial city. Um, as Christians uh, begin to cross, uh, as he begins to cross, uh, he fa- as he faces his dying hours. In other words, he cries out to his friend Hopeful, who is crossing with him. Ah, my friend, the sorrows of death have compassed me about. I shall not see the land that flows with milk and honey. And with that, a great darkness and horror fell upon Christian so that he could not see before him. Also here, in great measure, he lost his senses so that he could neither remember nor clearly speak of any of those sweet refreshments that he had been met with in the way of his pilgrimage. But all the words that he spoke showed that he suffered great horrors of mind and, and heart fears that he should die in that river and never attain entrance into the gate. Here also, as they that stood by perceived, he was much in the troublesome thoughts of the sins that he had committed both since and before he became a, a pilgrim. And he was troubled with ghostly appearances of hobgoblins and evil spirits. Hopeful did also endeavor to comfort him, saying, Brother, I see the gate and men standing by to receive us. But Christian would answer, It is you, it is you they wait for, to you that you have ever been uh, hopeful as long as I knew you. But Christian perseveres. He passes through the dark waters of death and is gloriously received into heaven on the other side. And in fact, the passage of, of this portion of Pilgrim's Progress, the very end, is, is one of the most beautiful descriptions of heaven I think anyone has ever written. It's, it's really remarkable. I encourage you to look at it. Um, but my point is, he perseveres. And uh, I think his testimony is not the less glorious because of his struggle. We read of the struggle and we rejoice that he persevered through it and there was one to help him. Uh, Bunyan writes this to remind us that even a Christian may struggle in death as well as in life. But let him persevere in his faith and he will still leave a legacy of one who's triumphed in the end over hard things. For in Christ we can persevere and triumph over all to leave that good deposit, um, that good legacy of faith to others. Let this then be our trust. That by faith in Christ, like Joseph, your bones and your soul will be carried uh, to Canaan, to the celestial city, to the saving work of Jesus Christ. And let this be your purpose, that you will leave a testimony to that faith, a lasting legacy for generations to come. Amen. Lord God, thank you for this curious passage about the bones of Joseph. Lord, he left them as a testimony of his faith that he would go to a better place. And Lord, we thank you for the testimony that we may leave and must leave and shall leave by your grace to those who follow us. Uh, give us a testimony of joy and, and, and of triumph, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.